0: I'm health coach Heather, and you are listening to episode 31, Decrease Sibling Rivalry. to the Healthy Families World Podcast with health coach Heather, master certified health coach and wellness educator specializing in family health. You're here because you want a strong, healthy, resilient family full of courage and confidence in this confused world. So hang out with me each week to learn my best coaching tips, recipes, workouts, and wellness advice to up-level your health and help your family get on the right track. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. So happy to have you back here with me on this beautiful start of our season two of the Healthy Families Rule podcast. So if you stuck with me for season one, you are in for a treat with season two because I'm bringing you the best of the best interviews. And yes, while it's my first time interviewing people and working out the kinks, I'm going to get better and better at this. So stay tuned for some really, really great content. But if you're looking to strengthen your family right now as we head into the next era of our lives, not knowing where the world's turning, I have a free webinar coming up that's just for parents. It's called Warrior Parenting in this Tumultuous World. So we're trying to raise healthy, hardworking, courageous, confident kids as we head into the next chapter of our lives. So if you're interested in that free webinar, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes. You go ahead and register for that. All right. I want to get onto the show because this week we are talking about how to decrease sibling rivalry. If you are struggling with kids who are fighting and it's getting quite frankly on your nerves, you need to listen to this episode. You're going to have some truth bombs dropped right here. That's going to help you go out there and be aware of the way that you parent in a different way that's going to get the results that you want. I am interviewing my very best friend. Her name's Brittany Hutchison, and she is an expert, in my opinion, on helping to bring in more connection within the family, decrease the fighting. So we're going to hear from her today, and she's going to recommend a couple of books for you. So take notes or check the show notes because I'll always have everything in the show notes for you. Um, if it has to do with this podcast. All right. So enjoy. I hope you really love this episode. Welcome Brittany Hutchison to the podcast. I'm going to introduce Brittany to everyone listening today. Brittany is one of my very best friends in all of the world. And she and I met in Georgia while our husbands were going to chiropractic school together. Brittany is a mom of four girls ages 11 to three, right? Mm Okay. Okay. She is a hairstylist, she does the best work, in case you haven't checked out my photos recently, go check those out, but she had a lot of experience reading many parenting books to strengthen her family. And so today I want to talk about this topic of sibling rivalry with Brittany, and I don't know about y'all, but sometimes the fighting in my house can get downright crazy, and I want Brittany to teach us some of her top parenting strategy, strategies for ending sibling rivalry, or at least get us on the path to healthier relationships between siblings. All right. So without further ado, Brittany Hutchison, here she is, give it up for the one and only. So can you share with us a couple of parenting books that have really helped you in this area and maybe some of the things
1: you've learned from each book? What are some tops for us? Okay. Thank you, Heather, for having me. Um, I do love to read parenting books. She's right. And my two favorite when it comes to this topic that I have personally read, um, number one has to be Siblings Without Rivalry by Adele Faber and Elaine Maslish. Maslish.
0: And I don't want the people to panic. I'm going to be putting links in the show notes for all of these books. So that first book again is called Siblings
1: Without Rivalry, right? Okay. Um that book helped me quite a bit actually. So at the beginning of that book, she um she talks about imagine if you had if your spouse came home one day and just said, "Hey, I love you and I adore you so much that I want another one of you. And, you know, I know that you've like kind of grown out of these clothes. It's fine. We'll just give them to her. She can have them. And your bed that's like a little bit, you know, too small, I guess, for you now because you're getting bigger, they're going to have that too. And we'll get you something nice. Don't worry. Don't worry. But like, you know, this, because I love you so much, I want another one of you. No way. No way, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> when she when she um when I read that book and I read that part, I was like, uh, yeah, that's that's not cool for me at all. And um it kind of just put in perspective and just gave empathy towards what our children feel when they um come get a new sibling and how all they want in the entire world is just to be loved by their parents. It's their number one thing, just And when that is threatened in any way, a rivalry naturally happens. So good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can see that because in case the listeners didn't catch, you know, what that first part was all about, if your husband, ladies, um, or your wife, if you're a man and you're listening or whatever's going on for you, if they came home and they were like, I love you so much, I got to get another one of you, (laughs) another wife or husband, right? You would be like, heck no. There ain't room in this right. bed and there's no way, right? So if, what she's saying, if you didn't catch that is this is what it's like for kids. When you say it's time to have another one of you so you can have someone else, what you're saying here is they might feel a little jealous or or not want not, not like that idea sometimes, right? Oh, or maybe yeah. they didn't mean, like the idea.
1: I mean, even if they love their sibling, they're going to still feel just in, threatened by the situation. Threatened, yes. Okay.
0: So have you noticed that happening with your kids that that they do feel threatened with each child you've brought in? Has there been a little bit of a threat?
1: Absolutely. I think anybody who's had a baby would agree. And you know, what's interesting is my oldest, even though she has been through it the most, she always had the hardest time Mm. with adding a new sibling regardless of age. So I think some personalities tend to need more from mom and dad. And when they feel that or they're not getting it, They're just, they're just sad. And then they act out in other ways, including sibling rivalry.
0: Mm, Do you think it's always the first child that might be feeling a little bit off? I know for my first child, you know, he always says, I wish I was an only child, wish he didn't have another baby. We only have two in my house. And so you know, and I'm always like playing with the idea. I'm like, Hey, you guys, you aren't getting along. Let's just bring a couple more in, you know,
1: Yeah.
0: and find one you'll get along with. And they're always, no, don't you dare. Like they do not want any other kids to come in. So I'm wondering if just for the oldest child anyway, if they have a harder time. And I don't know. I don't think that's the same for every family, but
1: it has been for mine. Yeah. That's how it's been for mine too. I don't know if it's because they once did have all of mom and dad's attention. Even though they maybe can't fully remember it because they were little, it's still a pattern and expectation was set. So,
0: yeah, and I I feel like the oldest kind of feels like, I don't know, I don't want to say the outcast, but almost like they're the oldest. I mean, I'm thinking of my own big sister and my own family and how she was kind of on her own and doing her own things all the time. She was just a couple years older than me, and then it was me, you know? Mm. And so, and we grew up that way where she was just always. Doing her own thing. It wasn't like we were super close, but I know that other families—they're all super close—and I think it just depends for sure. So, yeah. well, good. Um, anything else you want to add to that before I hit you with the next question here?
1: Um, I've also read this other book that was really good. It wasn't specifically towards um, siblings, but I know she has one that's called. I read happy, happy parent. No, no, peaceful parent, happy kids. She has yes. one titled peaceful parent, happy siblings. I haven't gotten to that one yet, but she does touch on sibling rivalry in peaceful parent, happy kids, happy kids. And, I read that. Yeah,
0: that's good. You read that too? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and that one really just helped me realize that basically the root of all issues, including sibling rivalry is connection. And that that's what our kids really want from us is connecting
0: one-on-one. Co- with them. Connecting one-on-one with us, right?
1: Yeah. No, they want not with to the deal. siblings so much. Right.
0: Okay. And guys, I talked about this in a podcast. Um, it was called do this one thing and reap better behavior from your kids. And it was all about those um, kind of those mom, dad, child dates, you know, or where you are spending the one-on-one time And when you do that, it makes all the difference in the way they behave and how they show up. Yeah, they do definitely need that. So that's Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids. And she said she also has a book called Peaceful Parent, Happy Siblings. So um, go get those books from your library, that one, and Siblings Without Rivalry. We will link in the show notes. Does that Mm -hmm. sound good? Any, Any other books you want to add to that list?
1: Well, when it comes to sibling rivalry, those probably are my two faves.
0: Okay. Yeah. And that's the topic. I I could mention some books, but I want to stay on this topic of sibling rivalry for sure. Okay. Um, Is there anything aside from reading books that you've just felt so inspired to try?
1: Um, Something that we do at our house that I'm hoping just is building bonds and connections with the girls is um, every Friday we have what we call the sister sleepover. And they look forward to it all week long. We go, we either make a treat or we pick out a treat and they get their time either doing Minecraft or watching a movie or whatever, and get all their blankets and pillows and put it in the family room and just have a sleepover together. Oh, fun. So hopefully that's building stronger relationships for them. I think it is. They look forward to it all week. If a friend invites them to a birthday party, they don't say, okay, they say, "Oh, is it Friday willingness to sleep over? And mm-hmm. that makes me happy. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. Um, there's been times where I've not known what to do and I've read books, but maybe I've forgotten some of the tools and early in the mornings, you know, when I'm journaling, I'll just ask myself, like, what can I do to help this child? Mm-hmm get along with his sister or whatever. but I feel like there's certain times where I'm more open to receiving that inspiration. Have you found that yeah. for yourself and, and getting
1: answers and helping your kids out? Yeah, 100. If I just take the time to meditate and to pray if you're religious listeners <laughs> and then just think and ponder about that specific child, I do feel like you know sometimes like you said, answers come more strongly than others. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it's often to just hug that child, um, really, or just spend more time with that child when it comes to specific sibling issues. I can't remember one specific time getting, helping this child with this sibling. It's more, I've just found personally, when I connect with them, it's almost like that's all they need to behave better and Mm -hmm. have these squabbles kind of end.
0: What would you say to a parent who's like, oh, I've I've tried connecting with my kid and they won't keep going. Right.
1: I would just say, don't stop. Yeah. And I would also say to find out what will work for that kid. So instead of you saying to them, Hey, let's go get ice cream. Why don't you say to the child, I have, you know, 20 minutes right now and I will do anything you want what do you want to do? And it might sound horrible. It might be, you know, play some dumb video game that you don't really want to spend 20 minutes doing that you would never sit down and do, but to that child, it will hit the, I love you box. Mm. So just do that.
0: I have 20 minutes and I'll do whatever you want me to do.
1: Yeah.
0: Within reason.
1: Um, Give me a thousand bucks. Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 20 minutes. um, You could even say I have 20 minutes to play your favorite game. It can be a board game or a video game. What's it going to be, you know, and just let them pick,
1: let them pick, let them be in charge.
0: And you really hit it on the nail with that 20 minutes. I really think that 20 minutes is a is just the right amount of time where you're not giving your whole self away, you know, but you're giving them just enough to get some really good quality time with you. Now, during that time, should we be checking our messages on our phone and scrolling social media while we're, it's not our turn to play.
1: No, put it away.
0: You got to put it away. You got to be 100% on that kid for, for 20 minutes. Okay. I absolutely agree. I love all of that. Okay. Um, when it comes to sibling rivalry, what do you see as the main cause? Do you think it's one specific child each time? Do you think it's a mutual thing? In your house, what what's typically the
1: cause of a sibling rivalry? Well, um, we definitely have instigators in our house who tend to be the always um, involved. Not, I shouldn't say always, but usually involved. Um, I think it has a lot to do with um, jealousy. Um, my children who struggle with anxiety and like wanting to control stuff, they struggle with wanting to have their siblings do exactly what they want to do in that moment. And that can lead to, um, issues. But, um, I found a few things that really have helped me from siblings without rivalry to kind of, um, eliminate some of these issues of feeling jealous and, one of those is just not labeling or compare, comparing the kids at all.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, we, we okay. often
1: say like, well, she's my, you know, she's my musical one and she's my artsy one and oh yeah, she's the organizer or whatever. And when we car- compartmentalize them like that, they just automatically become those roles. So let's just say that we always say, oh, he's, he's the messy one well, what's he going to be hmm. if we always, you know, and because of that, then they start comparing themselves to each other and it's like, well, I'm this and she's that. And it just like creates kind of a battleground. Um, one, one way that they worded it in um, siblings without rivalry was to, Oh, i got to find it here. Resist roles, treat them uniquely, not equally. And so to just celebrate their differences and let them explore that on their own, we don't have to label it for them. Mm -hmm. They, they will do it on their own. And then, um, you know, an example from the book that has helped me was let's say you have a child who really needs a new pair of shoes, but you feel like, well, I can't get them a new pair of shoes because I have to get everybody a new pair of shoes or they're all going to be mad and have their feelings hurt. Um, when we can separate them and just say, you know what, I know that like you need a new pair of shoes, so we're going to get one. And then you can turn to the other child and say, and you know what, I will always take care of you and your needs. Is there anything you need that we could get for you Mm -hmm. or kind of changing it like that so that they feel uniquely heard and important in their need instead of it, it, it makes a child not feel special when you're just like, I love you all equally. You're all the same to me. Interesting. But if you, if you say to them, like, well, you're special to me because you're this you're, you're my Hallie or you're my, you know, whatever your child's name is. And you're special to me because you're this, I can't, I can't pick. Like, it's like picking a favorite flower. They're all beautiful and they're all unique and they all bring me happiness and joy.
0: Oh so. my gosh. So good. She's dropping some bombs right now, guys. hope you're taking <laughs> notes on that because how many of us do compartmentalize our kids? I mean, I always say Dax is like, and I'm not trying to say Joe's the dumb one, but I always say like, he's the smart kid. Like he's, I don't don't even say he's the one that's smart. I just say he's so smart. But I never say that really. Like she always hears me say that about him, you know? And so, and I always say great stuff about her too. Like she's so social and loving and cuddly, you know, and you're not, you're not really like that Dax. You, You don't have really that personality. But I think because we say that for so long, you're right. Like they attach to that, they start believing that and they start acting like that. Right. You know, I know that that the grandparents and people would say Dax the destroyer. They'd call him the destroyer, you know? <laughs> and so he has um identified with that. And so when he does something naughty or wrong, he's just like, "I'm just Dax the destroyer," you know? Right. I just ruin everything. He gets into right. these moods, right? And so um we got to be careful. So this is very important right here that we're listening up. And we stop compartmentalizing our kids and stop comparing our kids with other people's kids. Oh my gosh. I, I, he caught me too. I was doing it the other day. I'm like, you know, that Asher, he, he listens to his mom. And if he doesn't, you know, she puts him into a grounding for who knows how long. And he does a lot of chores and you don't have that. You don't have that. And you don't, and he treats her really kind and you're not treating me kind. You know, I, we do this as parents though. Right. And we know we're doing it. But for some reason, we don't catch it and stop it. Oh, and so do, yeah. you, do you have advice for parents when they start to compare
1: What what's a good thing we should do? I think to just be aware and stop. Just stop in the moment if you feel it.
0: Yeah. And, and if just... you do it, just just maybe apologize right away. Right. Just say,
1: Oh my gosh,
0: I was comparing. That's not me. I don't want to be that way. I'm so sorry. Right? Right.
1: Um, something too that I find helpful is just saving the complimenting even for the ear of the beholder, you know, instead of saying to Dax, for example, like, Oh yeah, Joe, Joe, she's just so sweet and wonderful and happy all the time when maybe he's being grouchy, Mm -hmm. then he's automatically like, well, that's her, that's not me. Not going to be those things Mm -hmm. or whatever, or it could, it could work a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And as far as like, maybe build, building them down, you know, or exactly.
0: It does put them down. I I see that.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Saving that for the person that you, you know, want to uplift in that moment that deserves it because they've done the work in whatever area it is.
0: So you're saying like, pull them aside and give them compliments.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to another child like, Oh yeah. Can you believe your sister does all this? I mean I would. <laughs> I need to work, I need to on it. it. <laughs> it's <laughs> I'm in trying our head. To work on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, like can you believe how successful she was at A, B, C, or D? Mm. Then they're just left feeling like, well, I'm not that, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Just saving complimenting for the person who earned the compliment and not giving it to a different child because it automatically just puts a tiny little wedge in there. Mom thinks that about her, not about me. I'm not as good as her. Mom loves, you must love her more than me. Their thought process Mm -hmm. goes there.
0: It's so true. Wow. I mean, this is so good. So good. So we're going to stop compartmentalizing. We're going to stop comparing. What if a parent's been doing this for so long that they
1: feel like now they've ruined their child? It's too, is it too late? No. I mean, I would just say that I obviously am not a perfect parent. It's not like I read these books 10 years ago. This is recent finds for me. I'm working on them myself. I will say it's incredible. As soon as you even just start to try how it changes their kids are so moldable and resilient and to just be patient with yourself, love yourself, give yourself grace and just keep going. And you'll see as you self-love and love your kids and be patient with yourself through it, they'll do the same. And it will just have a different tone in the family.
0: I've had to really learn to step up and apologize yeah. like, a lot, even when it's not me who's causing it or started it, but because right. of the child's pride. And sometimes our pride gets in the way too, where we feel like, well, they should apologize. And then they're, they're thinking, well, my mom should apologize, you know? Yeah. And so when I just drop all of that and I just say, I just go in there and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? And I just say those words, you wouldn't believe how soft the child gets. They're like, you know what, I'm really sorry too. Yeah. You know, or, or if they don't say that, then they're thinking in their right. head, you know, like, it's okay. It's all gonna be okay. It's good. Right. But even if you always have to be the one to go in and apologize over things that you do <laughs> even wasn't your fault, right? I think it's teaching our kids to do the same. And at right. some point they may catch on and and be the first one to apologize, or just they'll just see that example so much that they'll they'll just know, like, I've got to to step up and apologize. But when no one apologizes or does anything, I just feel like it's teaching the child we can have pride and we can put up those barriers and it's okay. We just won't talk to each other for a while.
1: I don't want to okay. give that message. I don't know about you. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's hard. You would think as an adult that we would have an easier time just not blaming the kids and pointing fingers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I still struggle with it myself. I mean, my daughter and I had a moment today. And I just ended up having to take some time to cool off. And I wanted to say to her, I wanted to say, I'm sorry, but you blah, blah, blah. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, okay, Brittany, no, just take a look. That means I'm not quite ready yet. That means give Mm -hmm. myself another 10 minutes to calm down and just going and holding her and hugging her and saying, you know what? I'm really sorry that I was reactive today and Mm -hmm. I kind of snapped at you. and then." Just the hug and talking like that, you're right. They just soften and then they start spilling. And you can really, a lot of times I find, find the real root of the problem. It's often manifests itself in bickering with a sibling or whatever, when there's a a true issue that if you can get to that place with your child, then they can actually tell you what's really going on.
0: Mm, That's a good soundbite for, um, this podcast to kind (laughs) of show people like, this is what it's about. That is really good right there. Like you have to get to that root issue of what's going on. And when you soften, what you're saying is when you soften them up a little bit and you're humble and you've taken down the pride without the, you know, I'm sorry, but this and this and this, you've taken all that away. It helps the child to come out of their shell and open up to you more because now they feel like there's a safe place to share. Maybe. Would you say? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, that's really, really good. All right. Um, do you think it's helpful for the parent to let the kids work things out on their own? And when might be a good time to just let them have at it to solve their own problems?
1: I do think that a lot of times we make um, kid issues, adult issues that don't need to be. Um, obviously you can't have kids screaming at each other and completely ignore it. What works for me a lot of times is everyone, including children, just want to be validated and heard in their issue when they're upset. And so, if I'll sit with my kids, they're bickering in the back of the car, or whatever, and I say, "Okay, you know, Sage, it sounds like you really don't like it when Nora's poking you, and Nora, it sounds like you're really bored and you would like Sage to play with you, and you're looking for attention. If I can find what they're trying to express it through words." Mm. Then a lot of times they'll either say, no, that's not what I want. This is what I want, or yeah. You know, and then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and then I'm like, yeah, that sounds really tough. That sounds like a really tough problem. You know what? I bet you guys can figure it out. And then they kind of can talk about the real issue. And most of the time, that's all I had to do was just say, hmm. It sounds like you have this issue and you have this issue and a lot of, and it's, it's not always that simple. Sometimes it takes more sitting down and clawing out the issue. But when I have the patience to not just be like, stop fighting, stop mm-hmm. poking your sister. right? Whenever, when I can like bring myself to a point and say, okay, this is what I think is going on. Let me see. Am I right? Sage, you're feeling this way. Nora, you're feeling this way. And then they can feel validated and heard. And then It's almost like they don't even have to solve the issue. A lot of times, they're just like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, it's done." (laughs) Don't kids just want to be heard? They just want
0: to be heard. It's so funny because Grant and I went to, um, we took our the kids to like a little cabin up in Alpine, and I don't know, there was some frustration with the kids that weekend because this, this, um, they were so loud. They're they're just the way they would walk, the way this cabin would echo with these kids in it, just this tiny little cabin, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, Grant and I were on the porch just talking, and we were like. He was like, why are kids, why do they feel like they need to be so loud all the time? Like everything's loud about them. And I'm like, I bet you because they just want to be heard. Like they just yeah. want to be heard. And so Dax comes out and I'm like, well, let's ask Dax. I'm like, Dax, listen, the way you guys walk down those stairs, the way you walk, the way you're talking to each other, it's all extremely loud. There's, it's not like a normal tone. You guys are just loud. Why do kids feel like they need to be loud? And he said, well, I got to be heard. No one's hearing <laughs> I'm like, dude, we're hearing you just fine, just at a normal, a normal tone. Right. (laughs) But these kids have to one up each other in like the loudness of it. So I just feel like that's kind of a theme I've seen in a lot of families is kids are just loud. I go to my friend's house. I thought my kids were loud. Her kids are loud and she's just so used to it. Like she can't even hear it anymore, but I'm like, uh, (laughs) <laughs> tell, you, tell your kid when they're playing Monopoly, they don't need to like be super duper animated and loud like that. Like we're all in the same room, but it's not my kid. <laughs> if it's my kid, I'm like, Hey, pipe down, Shh, quiet over there. We're tr- Cause I'm trying to talk to my right. friend. Right. It's just funny um, how kids are just loud. I think they just like you said, like, like I was saying, and you, you know, this, they just want to be heard. Right. They just want to be heard. So um, that's an interesting thing. Um, so I've been in the situation where I've waited and I've, I've kind of shut myself in my bedroom when I hear like my children going at it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let them work it out and I'll just lock my door just and put in some earbuds. I've tried this, right? Mm-hmm. It never leads to anywhere good. It leads to like punching the wall, kicking, screaming. And then I'm like, now I got to go in there mad because now it like escalated on their end and it escalated me somehow, <laughs> right? right yeah. So I find that if I can, at the first, the first yell of my daughter saying, stop, right? That very first one, that's when I go. Yeah. Cause I find if I can catch it before it escalates, And I can figure out what's going on and how to resolve this, whether I'm giving a consequence or whether I'm just trying to work it out. You worked it out beautifully. I can see you need this and I can see she's needing that. And I think I even tried that technique with my kids and I'm like, yeah, they're just making fun of me right
1: now. (laughs) (laughs) You got to practice a bit. But you know what's interesting is if you, if you do go in there, like, let's say the poking incident, let's go back to that in the back of the car. And if I were to say, okay, Nora, stop poking. What's going to happen is in Sage's head, she's going to think I won. And in Nora's head, she's going to think, uh, Mm. mom loves Sage more than me. Oh
0: my gosh. This is so true. Yeah.
1: So if you try as best you can to make each person feel validated and heard, then you're like, Hey, I heard you. And I can see your, I can see why you're having an issue with this. I can see why you're having an issue with this. And guess what? I know you can figure it out. I heard both of you. And I know you go, you can figure it out. So I'm not ever choosing a side.
0: Mm, but it feels like we are when like the person who's always teasing and causing the other one to mm-hmm. scream. And so we're always like, especially in my house, I'm always like, Dax, leave her alone. Just leave her alone. What's going on? Why can't you leave her alone? Right. And I just don't understand a lot of times why, why? And I think they just need attention. I think they, they need, need more attention. time with me and, and that, but I always, I bet he feels that way too. Like, I, I did something wrong and, but that's how I get her attention. Right. It's really interesting. I don't really know what's going on in kids' heads and I'm not a therapist by any means, but this is why we have these conversations is so that we can get better at our parenting. You know,
1: right. no one, it's so hard because like in all the in moment it. that you're talking about where they're just revved up and you just want to slap them. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the last thing you want to do is give them positivity, right? It's oh, like, yeah, I just, but, and I'm not perfect at this by all means. A lot of times I have to separate myself and the child until, you know, we're calmed down. I say, you go to your room. And then I just have to separate myself to wherever that is.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: once I'm calmed down, give me 10, 15 minutes. I'm thinking that's about the same time amount of time the kid needs. Then I can go in there and say, sounds like you're having a hard day. What's going on? Hug them. Mm-hmm. Do do that little moment of connection where they can feel heard, feel validated. And it doesn't mean they're not going to tease the rest of the day. I wish it was a magic wand like that. Right. But I do think that it improves and at least you're in a better spot with that child so that you can be more patient.
0: Oh yeah. And and you've got to kind of, you got to be aware of where you are mentally as the parent, because yes. I have found like on the days that my mood is so cut short of course, of course it's clo- close to the menstruation time, you know, right. like. <laughs> um, not only that, but, um, I can trace it back to, oh my gosh, I didn't take my vitamins today and I didn't eat super healthy. I haven't had enough water. I didn't exercise today. Right. And I can find that Those little things trigger me so much when my kids are like out of control that I get out of control and I'll sit back and go, wait a minute, why would, why would this not bother me one day, but today it is. And there's things going on within me that I didn't take care of. I wasn't taking care of my own needs to be able to handle that situation. So I kept exploding on the kids. But when I stepped back and I did, I have a calm meditation app and it was, it took me 30 minutes. I did the nap that I do the nap. So when I can, I can, I can fall asleep like that. And one of those meditation naps and then just Mm -hmm. be woken up 20, 30 minutes later. Right. And then I came out and I was like, Oh my gosh, you guys, I I didn't handle your fight. Very good. I'm really sorry. And I even apologize for not teaching them a better way to communicate, you know, uh-huh. like, I'm sorry, as a parent, it is my responsibility to teach you that you're not supposed to hit each other. And, and I've tried to do the best I can. And, but let me teach you again. So come in the yeah. living room, everyone sit down. No, don't make us sit down. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I've got to teach you. I'm your parent, but I love you guys. I'm really sorry. Will you forgive me? This is important stuff. Don't you think that the mom has to be taking care of herself because
1: 100 kids will always trigger you always. Yes. 1000%. 1000%. Yeah.
0: So I would say if you can get a good night's sleep, wouldn't you say mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing really right there.
1: Yep. And Prioritize your, your self-care and then you have it in you to be more patient and loving and something, I don't know if you, if you um, agree with this health coach, Heather, Yeah. but part of a healthy family too, I think is just not overscheduling so mm. that you can have these moments when they happen. There's just not a feeling of stress all the time. And then when they happen, you're not so overscheduled that you can't take the time to handle it properly. Right. So you're just like, well, we got to get to this place. We got to go here. We got to do that. So just be quiet, get in the car. I don't care. You know?
0: And it seems like the more we rush kids, that's when like a fight breaks out. Every time. Every time you're rushing to get to church, you're rushing to get to appointments, you're rushing to get to activities. And you, in your, in your head, you think, oh, we've got to be on time. Because we have this thing about being on time. We haven't let go of that. Like, it's okay to sometimes be late. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, But we're trying to teach our kids punctuality and it's respectful. There's so much going on in our head when it comes to being on time that we just haven't let go of, you know, but there's ways around that. Got it, we can get out the door 20 minutes earlier. Just tell the kids, you know, if we gotta be there somewhere by five, we're out the door by 430. Right. And at least it gives you that 30-minute buffer, right? To kind of right. if there if someone's being slow putting their shoes on and
1: someone, you know, is trying to speed it up, we're okay. You know. You know, something that I this is a great reminder to me right now of one of my favorite quotes that I need to work on. And it is um, never let a problem to be solved, become more important than a person to be loved. Oh, So good. So just taking, who cares about being late, right? Let's
0: repeat that. That's good.
1: Never let a problem to be solved become more important than a person to be loved.
0: Mm, That's so good. That is a good one. So you just got to take the time, you know, and just say, you know what? I'm just going to love them through this right now. Yeah. We're all going to get through it together. Um, I, I just have a couple more questions for you here. What are some consequences you've established when you see fighting happening? Have we talked about that? Did you mention any there?
1: Um, I think my biggest thing is separating. And not, when everyone's in a heightened state, a lot of times we're all revved up, including me. You know, when they fight, that's a number one trigger for me to mm. my anxiety rises. So I'll just say, all right, you know what, we need it. We need a break from each other and, yeah. then, and, and then calm, calming down so that we can talk properly. You know, I have girls, so I'm sure it's different if you have sons who like are more physical mm-hmm. because we don't have beaten on each other really over here. Um, it's more just getting mad and frustrating and yelling. And that would be a lot harder to deal with. So I don't know that I have the right answer. Maybe you do as far as like, a consequence when it's someone is physical with another child, Mm -hmm. Um, just calming down and then taking the time to talk. And if somebody's really in the wrong and they know it, then I'll just often say to them, well, what can you do to help that sister feel loved again? Or what do you think you can do to solve this problem? And they're really good at coming up with stuff. It's really Mm -hmm. sweet. They'll be like, well, how about I write her a letter? or How about I draw her a picture? Or why don't I go give her a hug? And, Play Legos with her, or whatever they know will make that sister feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. That tends to work for me most of the time.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I have two kids. Who I have a son who's physical. Who's taught the daughter to be physical. So now right. there's claw marks all over their arms. There's some bruises going on. Right. <laughs> People think I'm abusing my kids when we take them <laughs> but the consequences, they have all these this stuff going on, right? right? Um, but I, I don't know what the right answer is. I I tend to make chores be yeah. the answer, I right? Okay, time to go scrub tile. Like we've gotten some tiles some I use natural cleaners, but I, I'd have them, you know, dip a little toothbrush or something into that cleaner and they would just be scrubbing tile. That's not a fun job. That's a mm-hmm. tedious job, right? Um, we've also tried burpees, like okay guys, you know, you're fighting, you each owe me 10 burpees. Now, if you have
1: physicality out out right now, yeah,
0: you got to like, find the outlet for it. Right. Yeah. So I know I, I learned this from my other friend is, you know, go out and shoot some hoops, send them out to run laps, you know, but it's super hot here in Arizona right now, but, um, you got to get them moving their body an yeah. outlet for that aggression for the physical. So we, we do need to address that real quick because I think that's important for kids. Don't you? Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Just having an outlet, some kind of sport for them. So maybe if your kid plays soccer or you get a net for the backyard or oh, there's a trampoline, you know, so they can go jump, jump on the tramp, but you actually have to like force them sometimes to go do that stuff. You do like, you know, and if you have a defiant child, who's just like adamant about, nope, I won't, I won't do anything, you know, at, at that point, and And I've had that happen too. That's when I got to bring dad in, you know, when he gets home from work. And then we have to decide on what the consequence is. And sometimes it's we take away something really important to that child for a while. You know, you love that Kindle. You love to read that Kindle. It's now mine for the next 24 hours to 48 hours or whatever. And then they really get mad. (sighs) But they learn. They don't want to go back to that because that's the consequence. So you have to find your child's currency. Maybe you take that thing away and, um, video games, whatever it is for your kid that they, I don't know, it really does hurt their heart a little bit. You know, it has to hurt a little bit though, so that they don't go and repeat it. But I don't typically, um, do any kind of physical spanking where I know a lot of parents do and they get great results. So I'm not saying like you're a terrible parent if you spank your kid. I just never connected to that type of punishment. I always ended up feeling a lot of guilt and shame myself that it wasn't worth it for me to in- enforce physical punishment on my kids. What
1: yeah. about you? It's never worked for me. And in fact, um, I do think a lot of the time we lead by example. So I just don't think for the most part, when you do get physical, you know, in any form, whether it's grabbing your child tight or whatever, it's not when you're calm and handling the situation, like a right. you're, That's you're right. reacting and you're being, you're reacting, you know, reacting to- reactive to mm-hmm. your emotions. Mm-hmm. I try my very best and I'm not perfect at this either, but I try to make most consequences a natural consequence to the situation. So With the hurting each other thing, that's real hard because it's like, what's the natural consequence? You can't be around people because you're, you hurt them. I'm not sure. I would love listeners. If you have any great tips on this for me, just comment, Mm -hmm. let us know if you have something that works as far as a natural consequence for hitting or being physical with, I think the burpees might be a good one or just getting out there Mm -hmm. and like doing something physical to try to exert that physical energy somewhere else. Yeah. Cause in my mind, I try my best to do like, how does a and B connect in their head? I'm trying to teach them a life lesson here, not just get them to stop a behavior. Yeah. So exactly. how do I get like the nap and if a natural consequence can happen, I'll try to do that. If they're swearing, the natural consequence can be, Oh, you know what? Only sweet people who say sweet things get to eat sweet things. And then you have ice cream and they don't get it you know, right. Or whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just finding a way to make it. And it's like, you can cringe in that and say, Oh, that sounds so horrible to do that kid. But you know what? I, I don't know. To me, I want them to connect their consequence to their action.
0: Right. Instead and that's the hardest gosh. part about being a parent. I think for me anyway, is when a child has to miss out on something fun. Oh yeah. So my child last night, he, he went to go sleep over at a friend's house and we don't really let them do sleepovers like ever, but I know this parent, these parents really well. And I was like, okay, but he snuck some video and he's no, he's not supposed to play video games. And he snuck some video games over, you know, that, that we were going to, we're trying to sell the video system right now, the video game system. Well, he took some of those over and I found out and what did we have to do? I had to like call up the mom and say, you know what? I know it's nine 30 at night, but I need you to send my kid home. He can't sleep there anymore. Right. And so this was hard for me. Like I hate that so many people are involved in this decision. The mom has to get involved and she feels bad, you know, probably that she has to send my kid home. The kid's friend is probably like really sad that I have to, that he doesn't get to have a sleepover with his friend. And then of course there's my child who wants to be with his friend and it just involves so many people that it starts right. to, to tug at my heart in so many ways. And as a parent, haven't you tried to enforce the consequence before where you're punishing everybody? Like if one child's doing something and you were all going to go to the lake that day, and then you see, you accidentally say, well, because you did this now, we're not going to the lake." We're all not going to go now, you know, like, right. and then we, we want to take it back instantly. And we're like, why did I why did I just punish everybody? And okay, we're going to the lake, but now i got to think of a new consequence. Like we weren't prepared about what the consequence would be. So we just start saying the stuff um, that's like doing drugs. You got to have a
1: plan to say no from like a young age. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's
0: tough, it's tough, but you have to do the hard stuff as parents. And that might be not letting making your child come home from a fun sleepover or something fun because they broke a rule. They didn't follow a rule. And this might sound super silly to somebody and go, well, just let the kid play video games. What the heck? But this child that I know so well who plays video games, it messes with his brain. And then it, he comes and takes it out on me, right? And so I get the brunt end of all of it from just from him playing video games. So that's why we took those away. So because he knew he wasn't supposed to and he did, I had to make him come home.
1: Yeah, It's tough. That sounds tough it's really tough on everybody. <laughs> it is, but you know what? I think it's important when it is tough on you that you, you show that empathy to them because that's, that's where they can see that, you know, I'm not just a drill sergeant here. Like I'm really bummed that you can't stay with your friend and have the sleepover. Like this is a bummer for you, for me, for everybody. Yeah. I really wish you could. Yeah. Just, you know, instead of being like you, Right, like come, come in. You messed in up so bad. Look what right. you
0: did. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Just to show some empathy and say, I get it, but this is, this is what we have to do, buddy. Yeah. And I hope you're learning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know there's lots of parents who are really good at that. I, I have a harder time, like, like making my kid, like following through with the hard stuff. I, I really struggle and I'm working on that too, but, um, that's what we have to do as parents. Is follow through when it's inconvenient for us, you know, especially if it's TV time or an electronic time and we have to take that away, but we know that's going to inconvenience us as parents because we have other things we have to get done right. and you just know you need to follow through, but it's so hard. I mean, this is the hard stuff we're, de- hard. we're dealing with
1: as parents, right? Nobody said being a parent was easy it is mm-hmm. not at all. It is so hard <laughs> oh, No, yeah, I've ever done, but also the most wonderful.
0: So wonderful. So we'll just leave you. This has been so awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the program, but I want you to leave the listeners with just one piece, one solid piece of advice today in in regards to this topic. What
1: would you want them to know? Parents? I would say to just, no, in any situation, save the relationship with a child. Make them feel validated and heard and prioritize your connection with them. And I just think everything else kind of falls into place after that. Mm, That Bam. Yes.
0: All right. You heard it straight from Brittany Hutchison's mouth right here. She is one of the best parents that I could ever hope to become like. So um glad that she got to come on the podcast today. And we will link those books, Siblings Without Rivalry, Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids. We'll link those in the podcast. And if you have any questions or comments regarding this this show today, just reach out. Um, Health Coach Heather. So you can find me my email is your health coaches here at gmail.com. I can connect you with Brittany if you want to connect. Um, but this has been a great discussion. So thank you so much, Brittany. And thanks any any me.
1: final words? Just thanks for having me, Heather. Yes. I, I really enjoyed
0: it this was awesome. This was my very first interview. So guys, I'm, I'm a little bit rusty because it's my first time, but we're going to get better at this. And Brittany was the very first best person to have as my first interview because I just absolutely adore and love Brittany. She makes it easy to interview. So wow. thank you again, my dear friend. Thank you. Love right. you, Heather. Love you. <laughs> Hey guys, what did you think of this episode with Brittany? Pretty awesome, huh? Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. Take a screenshot on your phone, share it on Instagram, tag me in it. I'll come find you. We'll be social media friends. And come find us over at Healthy Families Rule on Facebook and join us for weekly challenges to uplift and motivate you every day. Also, be sure to check the show notes. Don't forget to sign up for that free webinar just for parents that I have coming up, Raising Warrior Kids in Tumultuous Times. You don't want to miss it. It's coming up soon. Get yourself registered.